student section, February 24th, another Friday, another episode of the student section, WFUV's college basketball podcast, Matt Murphy, James Decker, and Dan DiOrio, who's going to see a bump in uh, production today because Tom Scabelli's a little under the weather. And even though I'm feeling a little sick, I still made the trip over to the studio. Tom, if you're if you're listening to this, kind of disappointed in you. A little soft, a little soft move there. And James is at, James has wet hair, just took a shower before coming over here, so he's probably next to be sick. But how you guys doing today? I'm hanging in there. It's a beautiful Friday in the Bronx, best weather we've had in a long time. And just like the weather's heating up, college basketball is heating up. There's some big time upsets this past week. A lot of good games on Saturday. A couple of good games tonight, actually. But yeah, definitely a good time to be a college basketball fan. And there's Dan Diario in That's right. in session. It's great to be back here. Uh, usually I'm behind the glass, so this time actually at the table. What's it feel like to be out here with us? It feels great. I'm working my way up in the world. So No interview today. We thought we were going to have a couple of uh, interview prospects this week, but stay tuned. We'll probably have some good guests. I know Matt Massimino, Fordham Basketball, will be on one of these days. We'll get him. And But today for the show, we're going to look back at the week that was. As always, we're going to preview the week ahead. We'll do our starting five segment and our f- final four bracketology segment, but Let's look back to start things off. Last Saturday, the big game was Kansas and Baylor, and Kansas pulled out a two-point win, 67-65, on the road at Baylor. And I know, James, you thought Baylor at home. I think you picked them because they were home in that one. I did. I did pick Baylor, and that was just a very gritty effort by Kansas. They had an 8-0 run to finish the game. Baylor really had that game in their hands, and Kansas down the stretch, which really, if you're a Kansas fan, you have to love to see that because that was down the stretch. They've tough. been doing that all year. Yeah. Frank Mason clutch this year. Tough, tough environment, and they pulled it out. But just minutes ago, we had some news that Josh Jackson was charged with misdemeanor property damage of a car back in December, so that could be a big Yeah, a lot of off-the-court issues for this Kansas team this year. But aside from all the issues, when they're out there on the court, they've been pulling out close games, so we'll keep an eye on that. But I was really impressed. Landon Lucas, two free throws down the stretch, 12 seconds left in the game after an offensive rebound to seal the deal at Baylor. And everyone on this this student section show has been saying all year that we think Baylor is the weakest number one seed, so to speak, if the tournament started today. And I think, Dan, you definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think Baylor this year is what Oregon was last year in terms of when it comes tournament time, a lot of people might sleep on them. They're not typically a basketball power, and this year, you know, they're starting to come alive. You look at their schedule, they only really have two bad losses, in my opinion, and that's Kansas State and Texas Tech. Uh, West Virginia and two losses to Kansas are to be expected when you're playing in that conference. But... I think Baylor could surprise a lot of people come tournament time, so stay woke. Yeah, I agree, actually, with with Dan. Um, Baylor, even though they lost that game, they really impressed me a lot. I mean, Kansas I, Kansas is slowly becoming rising up as maybe a, a top championship contender. I think that win was really impressive, but Baylor was had that game, really had that game in their grasp, but I think they impressed me in that game despite the loss. Yeah, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to pick Kansas to go to the Final Four when we get to that segment later <laughs> on, but... We already got to stay woke from Dan, and he's comparing this year's Baylor team to last year's Oregon team, so already bringing the heat. And I, I don't agree with that. I think last year's Oregon team was definitely underrated as Baylor's going to be when the bracket comes out, but I'm not. I picked Oregon to go pretty far last year. I'm not picking Baylor. I think they're going to go out pretty early, depending on the, the matchups, of course, but I'm not nearly as high on Baylor. But I kind of like the comparison. I just think Oregon was a better team last year, even though they were underrated. Shifting to Big Monday... From this past week, the first game was really interesting. UVA against Miami. Very, very boring game to watch on TV. Very low scoring. 54-48, and that's an overtime final. 
UVA their fourth straight loss, and they play at North Carolina State and Dennis Smith tomorrow afternoon, Saturday. They could lose five in a row. It's a home game for North Carolina State. It would be an upset, but I wouldn't be surprised to see UVA continue to struggle tomorrow. Yeah, that's the spoiler alert on my end. I think NC State wins that game because they're playing with pretty much nothing to lose. Their coach is basically coaching for fun at this point. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing ever. Like yeah. I don't know how we didn't get a chance to talk about that on the show, but Mark Godfrey getting fired, but then they're letting him continue to coach the rest of the season. And how about NC State beating Georgia Tech when Georgia Tech beat everyone else at home? Georgia Tech beat. Syracuse home, they beat North Carolina at home, they beat North Notre Dame at home, but they lose to NC State. So good for NC State on that one. Yeah, absolutely. But Virginia, who lost to Miami, we were talking about NC State because that's Virginia's next opponent, but looking at that game when they lost to Miami, Miami hit a buzzer beater in regulation but didn't get it off in time and then won in overtime. Virginia's only averaging 44 points per game over the last three losses. They are on a four-game losing streak, which has happened for the first time in a long time for Tony Bennett's squad, but their defense is great, but you can't win if you're only scoring 44 points per game. Yeah, it's I mean, a simple explanation for why Virginia's losing these games. Their they really offense cannot is not score. There, yeah. It just doesn't look pretty They're going to be a four or a five, probably a five, maybe even a six if they continue to struggle in the NCAA tournament, and I think they're a dangerous team in that in that area, but if they can't score, I'm not com- yeah, comfortable picking them. potentially even lower if they, if they keep losing. I think losing. they're a five right now. I'll double-check that when we get to that segment. But because yeah, that, their, their record is not that much different than my, Miami. In in the in conference play, I think Miami may have a better record in conference play. If I'm not mistaken, Miami's nine and six. I don't have Virginia's right in front of me right now, but I think Virginia may fall. I mean, I still I'm still wary of them because they get stops when they need to, but if they can't score, then they, they're going to struggle. It's kind of a hot take, but I actually like you know I like the fact that Virginia's struggling. To me, teams that you know go into the uh, tournament without facing real adversity adversity throughout the season c- tend to struggle. Look at Wichita State last a uh, couple of years ago. You know, almost going for the perfect uh, forty. You know, Gonzaga this year, I think a loss would really help them, and Virginia, these couple losses might actually help them. Yeah, but Gonzaga losing one game and not going undefeated, I could see that. But Virginia losing four games in a row. They recently. also play in a, a much harder conference. That's than true. The WCC. I don't. I don't see how a four-game losing streak. I'm not trying to go at you today, but no, I, no, a no, four-game losing streak is not good. And they are a five seed in uh, the, the bracketology as of yesterday with a. 5-12 matchup against UT Arlington, who I know James has seen this year. I might pick that. Seems like a, a viable 5-12 game upset. Very, very dangerous team. they got a big win at Georgia Southern. We'll get that in there just right now <laughs> this week. But, yeah, after so the second game of Big Monday this past week was just West Virginia rolling over Texas. Not much to talk about there. Tuesday, nothing major happened. Wednesday was a crazy, crazy night. Villanova was upset by Butler at home, the second time Butler's beaten Villanova this season. Woof. Cal, who I know we've talked about a couple times recently, took Oregon to the wire, but Dylan Brooks was clutch. Syracuse beat Duke on a buzzer beater, and then UNC beat Louisville in a great matchup. They hung on for a double-digit win against Louisville. Those were just four of the big-time games from Wednesday night. Let's start off with that, that Butler-Villanova game, and Butler just seems to be Villanova's kryptonite this year. Butler shot 50%, 21 assists. They won by three. I'm really impressed to end that streak at the Pavilion for Villanova on their home floor. That's the first time Villanova's group of seniors has lost at the Pavilion in their careers, and Butler came to play on Wednesday night. They definitely did. I was I was surprised, and I'm, I'm a big Butler guy, but I didn't have that much faith going into Pavilion because they haven't lost. But the biggest thing that impressed me with Butler is that they just they were balanced the whole way. It wasn't like one guy just took over a game and like led them 
Keelan Martin played well. Woodson played well. Savage played well. Shravis didn't really score that Shravis much. Shravis had eight assists, though. I exactly. And seven I, rebounds. I he didn't, didn't shoot that well. He had a big little crashing take. Vintage Andrew Shravis. Kind of an ugly take to the rim, but it goes in at a big spot. Nate Fowler did some good things. He had a great pass at the end of the game where Nova almost forced a turnover. So it was a lot of good efforts by Butler up and down the lineup, and that was the key to the victory. And I think Butler Butler's key is that they matched Villanova, who I mentioned before doesn't have crazy depth in their roster. So I think Butler just was a little bit too deep for them. And then I, I'm a little very surprised that they won that game, but that's a, a big, big win for Butler. That gave them a lot of momentum going forward. Yeah, Butler to me is just I'm I don't know how to feel about them. They've had some bad losses, Indiana State, St. John's, uh, Georgetown at home was bad. Yeah, and then obviously beating the national defending national champion twice. Like it's just a big contradiction for me. I don't know how to feel. I think come tournament time it's all going to come down to who they're matched up against and you know that will dictate how far I take them. Yeah, I don't think Butler's a team that could string together a bunch of wins in the tournament. I I don't foresee them going very deep but maybe we'll take a look at where they are in Joe Lenardi's latest bracket towards the end of this show and talk about that but there are some other games I want to touch on before we look ahead to matchups that haven't happened yet from that Wednesday night I let's stay with the East Coast for now Syracuse buzzer beater against Duke and I think it's funny because on our last episode on Friday I asked Dan which upset from the the week ahead which was now the week that just passed was more likely Syracuse beating Duke or Butler beating Villanova and you said Syracuse beating Duke, and you were right, but also Butler beat Villanova, which we just talked about. But John Gillen, a big night. I think he had 26 or 27, including banking in the game-winning three at the buzzer. And I'm really impressed by how they've played on their home floor. I think they could be dangerous come tournament time. They're going to be in. They're going to be a high seed, and no one really wants to see Syracuse come come March. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've I've been very critical of Syracuse all year. But you had them with the upset. I did, but... I think that's just kind of more of a Duke struggle thing. But look Duke at Sy- was hot. Duke was red hot at the no, time. No, I'm saying, but you can you can tell when Duke, like, yeah. it's a trap game. That's what, probably why I asked you if I thought they were going to be an upset. Yeah, exactly. You saw it coming. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Syracuse has been getting better and better throughout the season, and I think they could be poised for another big run come tournament time, again, depending on the, who they're matched up against. But I- don't sleep on Bayheim. Hashtag stay woke. <laughs> I don't think Syracuse is capable of making a run in the tournament because they they, can't, they don't play the games at the at the Cairo Dome in the NCAA That's tournament. True. They have so many big that ones. Is true. All of them are at home. They have some bad losses on the road. So I think Syracuse, they, they can compete with anyone at the Carrier Dome, but I think come tournament time, they can definitely win a couple of games, but I don't see them making the Final Four. I just don't this time around. I think they have enough depth. Well, I never said Final depth Four. Depth is my key today. I <laughs> never said depth. Final Four, I, but I think they could, you know, if they're a high seed, they could shock some people. Senior guards, right? John Gillen, senior guard. Right. Tyler Lydon, I'm really impressed with him. Yeah. Too. Clutch time, but... As I said, uh, another game from Wednesday, Oregon buzzer beater Dylan Brooks. We won't really talk about that, but watch out for Cal because I know, James, you like them. They, they could be dangerous if they sneak in. They they really had that game. I don't want to harp too much on they it. Were they were up 16 in the second half. Yeah, they were up. They, on their home floor. And they they held Oregon to 18 in the first half, maybe even 16. I may have had that wrong, but and Oregon explodes for like 54 points in the second half. And then you look at the last few possessions with Cal. They just no one wanted to shoot the ball. You could tell no people were uh, shying away from the spotlight. I would just pound it down low to Rab in that situation, or maybe Grant Mullins from the outside. But that's a tough, tough loss for Cal. Cal has to take care of business for the rest of the season if they want to make the tournament. But if they do get in, I, I I would look at them hard for some upsets. They're overrated last year and underrated this year. I think. Yeah. They had all that NBA talent. Some of the guys left. Some of them stayed. It's it's kind of a mix. But and then we look at yesterday. Gonzaga won by like a million points. They <laughs> they won by I think fifty eight or something against I don't even know San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. They, it was just 
at the WCC, it just there's not tough much. times for San Diego. You lose the Chargers, and then you lose by 58 points. <laughs> they had a huge crowd at that game too. I felt like so bad. It was over like right away from tip off, like immediately like a 10 nothing run. And then really the only other game I want to look at from Thursday is Wisconsin struggling again. They lose by 10 points at Ohio State. Bronson Koenig has 27. Ethan Happ held to just four points. Well, the, the, yeah, the main thing is that teams are just figured out Wisconsin because they're going to double Ethan Happ every single time he touches the ball. So, I mean, when he has four points, you'd think, oh, my God, he played so bad. But really, he's just getting double teamed every single time, and Koenig was the only one that hit outside shots. If you're yeah. there, if you're going to get doubled every single time, someone's got to step up and hit outside shots. Vito Brown's been a disappointment. Zach Showalter hasn't shot the ball as well as he would like to. They're looking at guys like Brevin Pritzel, who is really one of the only reasons they beat Maryland. It was the impact yeah, that, that was Brevin a good Pritzel. win earlier in the week. Yeah, I, during the middle of their struggles, and then they bounced back with another bad loss. But I was wary of the Ohio State game because when they beat Maryland, I was like, "Oh, great win!" But now Maryland is Maryland's kind of struggling too. too. Yeah, they like, lost how good again. Is, how big of a bounce back win really was that? They have a big one at Michigan State, Wisconsin. If they, I, for some reason, I think they're going to win that game, but Michigan State looked really good at home last night. So who knows? The wheels are kind of coming off Wisconsin at the wrong time. Yeah, let's move on. I'm actually interested, James, to see like when we get to the looking at the bracket as it is today, how far you think Wisconsin can go based on their matchups. But we will look ahead to the week and the weekend, that is, because Saturday, a couple of ranked teams going at it. Big SEC matchup. Kentucky, really their first test in a while. They're number 11 in the country at 2 o'clock. Eastern start against Florida, who I've been down on this year. I don't really know what to make of Florida, but if they go on the road and beat Kentucky, I think a lot of heads will turn even more than they have so far. And then number four, Arizona hosts number five, UCLA, later that night. That's a big one. Two top five teams from the Pac-12 going at it. I don't know. Somebody start us off with either of these games. I think Kentucky will probably beat Florida at Rupp. And then I think UCLA could beat Arizona at Arizona. So I think that's an upset, but only by one by one ranking. Yeah, I'm. You know, I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant. You got to look at Florida and Kentucky's first matchup. Uh, I had Kentucky. I think I said on the record that it was going to be a wash and Kentucky was going to have a double digit win, but it was actually the opposite. Kentucky uh, lost by 22 points to Florida. And again, as Matt said, I'm kind of like down on Florida. I don't really. You know, I mean, I don't think we should be down on them. It's just like uh, we haven't watched them much, right. maybe, and they've been winning. Like they have some good wins. It's just everyone says, "Oh, the SEC is no not good except for Kentucky and maybe Florida." So you always group Florida in there as are they for real? And they've been proving it so far. And a win over Kentucky would really solidify that. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. Sorry, go ahead, James. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I agree. I, I would go as far as saying that Florida is the better team, straight up the better team than Kentucky. They might be. I mean, I disagree. Up. I think I think they are. I think Kentucky almost struggled with Missouri on the road. I'm not so sure how good Kentucky is. They have definitely kind of spurts. They can have a few games maybe where they look like one of the best teams in the country, but then they have a few of them where they just don't look good. Even some of their road wins in the SEC, they look like don't even look that good. So I'm wary of Kentucky. They obviously can make a run, but I'm not sure how good they really are. I'm actually think Florida may win this game. At Rupp. Florida's on a nine-game win streak, Kentucky on a five-game win streak, and Kentucky leads Florida in pretty much every category, scoring, shooting percentage, all that, rebounds, but only by a couple points or a couple rebounds in each category. They both have the same record, 23-5, and 13-2 and two in the SEC, so I'm really looking forward to that one. I know you guys are as well. And then I, I told you guys I like UCLA over Arizona in the, the big game Saturday night. It's at Arizona, but I think... 
I don't know. Arizona's been kind of up and down too. Like I, no one really knows what to make of them. And UCLA has all the flair with scoring almost a hundred points per game. Lonzo Ball, Bryce Alford had a big game this past week. Twenty high twenties points total. I think UCLA takes that one on the road. Yeah, I think I think you <laughs> Dan mentioned Dan in the studio. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Sorry. Normally I hear him jump in from behind I'm the glass. I'm just cutting off James several times. I'm all Arizona on this one. Um, I didn't really realize three lost team. And, you know, they were all relatively good teams. They lost to Butler, Gonzaga, and Oregon. I, I like Arizona in this one. It's going to be a great matchup. I think it comes down to, one, can Arizona keep up with UCLA's scoring? And, two, do they have an answer for Lonzo Ball? And also, I, speaking of Arizona, we might have your boy from Arizona, one of the walk-ons on the squad that's right. on the student section. Shout out Tyler weeks. Trillo. Might get him on. So the, a ton of big guests on the on the agenda for us but just not in the studio today so we're flying solo no interview today but James I want to talk about your upset picks because that's like a big thing we do on this show you've been pretty good so far this year with upsets I don't think you officially picked Butler to beat Villanova you definitely didn't, I didn't. on I'm the last episode I'm not gonna say even close to yeah you that. did have Syracuse over Duke at like like Dan did last I had week. Pitt I had Pitt, yeah, Pitt over was a big uh, one. Florida State I shout out the Swamp Man on that one he was the my source there but, Are there uh, a lot of upset candidates this weekend? Because I was looking at it. I think maybe Syracuse at Louisville. Have Do they stay hot? I have a few. Everyone has to buckle up. I have, First of all, I have NC State over Virginia. I have UConn over SMU at home. Ooh. I have Michigan over Purdue. Also home. I love teams at home against. I have Miami SMU's over Duke. Good this year. Dan really likes SMU. I think Connecticut finds. I'm, I'm so low in that conference. I just can't. Stand the American. It. Yeah, I, I like don't even watch. I it. think even fans. Not, of those it's nothing teams personal. Are. I just like I can't. I find no interest in that in that conference at all. Almost. I'd rather watch WC, WCC. But uh, what I had one more pick. I just said Michigan over Purdue. I think I had one more later on. I'll try and find it. I'm struggling to find it right now. I'll try to figure it figure it out later. Oh, Indiana, not that big of an upset. I think Indiana gets a win against Northwestern home. Wouldn't necessarily call that an upset. But How about that Indiana-Iowa game this past week where yeah. Peter Jock hit 22 free throws, and it went to overtime between those two teams who have struggled so much this year. Tom Crean loses again, and Indiana, I mean, people want him fired. People want him gone. Yeah, I think they find a way to win that game. BYU at Gonzaga, I have a feeling BYU keeps that moderately close. For some reason, I don't know. There's no reason to think that, but I don't know. They kept it within 10 when they played him at BYU, which is, of course, at home. But I think that's relatively close. But, yeah, I think there's a bunch of upsets early on. I think NC State over Virginia, that's one I have my eye on. Because yeah, Virginia's I mentioned that at the, at the top of the show. I could easily see that happen because that's such like an NC State win for where their program is at right now. No one's really talking about it. Everyone's saying, oh, it's the perfect game for Virginia to bounce back. Maybe maybe it's not. And it's, a very, it's a tough place to play, NC State. They had a fight of uh, valiant comeback against Notre Dame, but fell a little short. So even though we don't have Tom Scabelli today because he's a little under the weather, he should be here in studio. We've, we're giving him some crap about not being here, but we still will do the starting five segment, and I don't think anybody has caught up to me yet. I have 120 points. Duke is 22-6. and six. Villanova's 26-3. and three. Dayton, 22-5. and five. Wichita State, 26-4. and four. And We have a bone to pick with Wichita State. Maybe we'll get into that <laughs> some other time. Middle Tennessee State wraps it up 24-4. and four. So none of my teams have more than six losses. Duke has six. Which, or Dayton has five. So I'm doing pretty well. As we said, one point for a regular season win, two for a conference tourney win, which will be here before we know it, and three for an NCAA tournament win. So I'm still cruising. I How many know, points? 120. Oh, my God. Where are you at, Dan? This is a wash. 
I got 95 points right now. My team is really struggling. We need. Well, should Dan we, has should we put more rules in before the tournament to like maybe we go back and amend the points? For, I, if or, I say none. I'm taking this thing. <laughs> I don't even need any rule changes. Maybe we redo it with tournament teams. We we are gonna we should add a different type of game for the tournament maybe besides just making right. our bracket picks we'll we'll uh, brainstorm that yeah, we'll figure that one out but I I still think I have a shot at this thing but really I have one hundred and nine and points that's not bad nine one hundred nine hundred nine you said that kind of weird huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I thought you said one hundred nineteen I was like oh you're really close but yeah I mean the tough Wisconsin is the one that's really struggling they lost three or four otherwise I'd be right on his tail Chattanooga lost a tough one at <laughs> we, Sanford I was we so mad the Southern Conference I was on the so mad I was maybe like, we should get a, a Southern loss. Conference guest we need a Southern Conference they're guest they're now soon. fourth in the Southern so now Chattanooga may not make it Lehigh's been a big disappointment <laughs> they're 17 and 11 if they win the Patriot League obviously that'd be that'd be a big for me but they have won at home against Army. Army came back from 26 and beat Navy last Saturday. We'll get that in there as well. <laughs> I saw a video of that Big, comeback. big year for Army. Didn't watch it, but it seemed pretty cool. And I don't know where Tom's at, but he's probably behind me and I, James. I think yeah. he said Dan passed him last week. Yeah, he's probably right above me because 95 points is very disappointing. All right, so stay tuned for changes to the starting five segment. I know you guys probably don't care about our individual teams, but if we make the scoring system a little bit cooler, maybe it'll be more interesting. Because right now I'm just cruising, kind of. It's maybe when this podcast. I would say cruising. I'm right on. Once the tournament time comes around, I have some. I got some experience yeah, so, in, my, in my camp. So do I. Maybe yeah. when this podcast <laughs> takes off, we could have the fans pick our teams. That way, they have like a rooting interest. Yeah, I'm sure North Dakota will be a popular pick after Quentin was such a great yeah. guest last week. Did you Quentin see Hooker. we got a comment on the podcast? On, really? on the link on the website, one of the uh, North Dakota fans commented. So we're making strides. What, what did the comments say? It was like, great interview. Love. Uh, we're so happy for Quentin or something along those lines. Wow. Well done. Wow. I hope they make it out. The fans the in North sky. Dakota love Quentin. That's Hunter. actually a great segue because in the latest bracketology, North Dakota is a 16 in the Midwest going up against number one Kansas. <sighs> I don't know if Quentin and the boys have enough in the bag to take <laughs> down Kansas, who we all think is probably going to be one of the top contenders for the national title this year and that would be fun to watch though just knowing we had Quentin on the show and the Fighting Hawks is a 16 seed in the Midwest they might pack the arena wherever the site is <laughs> to see them go up against Kansas but they'll probably go down but let's start in that Midwest region I think Kansas comes out as it is now if you take a look at the ESPN latest bracketology that came out yesterday Thursday February 23rd not a whole lot I mean Wisconsin, Duke's in there. I thought about them as the four seed in that region. Wisconsin as a five is dangerous, but they've been faltering lately. So I, I think Duke gets by them in the second round and a first round matchup with Princeton for Duke. And you're a big Princeton guy. I said at the beginning of the year, Princeton Sweet Sixteen. That's and a tough, I would have no, them going to the round no. of thirty two in this, this one. Could I would be have a, them beating Duke and then losing to Wisconsin in the second. Really, you you would feel comfortable picking Princeton over Duke? I would I would absolutely pick that. Wow, absolutely. Princeton's good. Princeton, Actually, Prin there's no this way year's around. Princeton, Princeton is good. This year's Princeton team is way better than some of the teams that have upset Duke in the first round in the past. So that's true. Absolutely, and including Mer Mercer and those types. Hot takes on the student section. Oh, I have some upsets. Be wait till we get to <laughs> so some. Who do you get have? Some who, other regions. James, who do you have coming out of the Midwest? Kansas. I do have Kansas. I think they. You would can't get, see they would Wisconsin get past, getting through. No, not after the. The, the and Arizona as a two is kind of up and down. We'll we'll learn a lot about them on Saturday night against UCLA. Their second meeting, I think, against UCLA. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to come down to if Kentucky gets hot at the right time in the tournament, then maybe they give Kansas a run. Yeah, they're the run. three in there. That this is 
pretty tough region, but I think it just works out where Kansas wouldn't have to play very tough matchups, at least to start the tournament. Yeah, I think they cruise to the first two rounds. I don't think Wichita yeah, State and that's always a, it's always any. good to cruise into that second weekend. Yeah, so I would have Kansas come you out have, this one. You have Kansas, too? No, I have Kentucky. I have Kentucky wow. and Wisconsin meeting in the Elite Eight. Uh, like I said earlier, I like the teams that tend to struggle during the regular season. They need to be really tested. Kentucky always seems to be uh, great as, as a higher seed. I think Calipari, the year he won, they were a four or five seed. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Kentucky, Wisconsin, the, uh, what was that, 2014, 2011 uh, fi- semifinal rematch. Those guys that were on that team are actually seniors now, so maybe their veteran experience could bring them that far. So it wasn't 2011 if they're seniors now, right? I'm really bad at math. You do the math. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what year that was. But they've played recently in a big game, so yeah. that would be something. But let's go across to the east. Number one seed, Villanova. The two seed in there is Louisville. The three is Florida. Four is Purdue. That's a good four seed. And Cincinnati, pretty sneaky five seed. I think the second-round matchup potentially between Purdue and Cincinnati would be an interesting one. But I still have Villanova coming out of this region. I know I'm going chalk so far. Kansas and Villanova, two number one seeds. Louisville's a good two seed, and, and they would certainly be a force in this region. Number six, Oklahoma State, is a team to watch out for. I think they would probably they would have a chance to go the Elite Eight in this in this bracket. Yeah, I was very high on Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago, even higher on them after they won at Kansas State. And that's, I, it's crazy how they lost they lost a bunch of games to start their yeah, conference schedule, and then they've won a bunch now. Yeah, Underwood just had to get his feet wet in the, in the Big 12. Kind of and he knows how score. to win. He knows how to pull upsets in the tournament. Yeah, they score. They are one of the best scoring teams in the country. They're the Juwan second Evans. most off, off, uh, efficient offense. The Ken Palm guy That's over there. That's right. I'm the big stats guy. <laughs> yeah, Juwan Evans, very good. Phil Forte has been around forever. He knocks down big shots when needed. I'm very high on Oklahoma State. I think they can even come out of this region. But I think if they met Purdue in the Elite Eight, which is what I would have here, they would lose to Purdue just because Mitchell Solomon. So you have can't Purdue continue. taking out Villanova. They played earlier this year. Villanova took care of business. A really early season matchup. Yeah, I think Purdue is a little maybe too big for them. I obviously didn't work out that way when they played already this year, but I think it's going to be No, but you never know because last year, early in the year, Oklahoma played Villanova and Oklahoma won, and then they met up again in the Final Four and Villanova beat Oklahoma by like 40. Yeah, so. I think Purdue would just have to keep the ball down low with Swanigan and Haas, and then they would win that game. Then they'd meet up with Oklahoma State. And they probably do the same thing, but Oklahoma State can score. I love teams that can score in the, in the tournament. I think they have a great chance to go far. So I'm going to officially announce Purdue, but wow. be wary of Purdue. Oklahoma State. Who you got in there, Dan? I'm kind of with James. I like Purdue. Not to go all the way to the Final Four, but I do see what he's seeing. I think they're a great team. Uh, that one, I'm going to take Villanova. Probably the only one seed that I'm going to take. But I think defending national champion, you know, they've with the exception of the Baylor games, they've looked really, or the Butler games, excuse me, they've looked pretty good, and I just don't see them getting stopped by any of these teams. I think it's pretty weak. Cincinnati is a five. I'm not a fan of that seeding. Um, Florida, like I said, is a three seed. I'm not sold on them. And Louisville as a two, should they match up, that would be an interesting game, but, you know, that's just... Yeah, as long as Villanova doesn't see Butler in their uh, region, I think they'll be Pretty happy come Selection Sunday. Let's go down to the West region. Number one seed, Gonzaga. Number two seed, Oregon. The Florida State's the three. West Virginia, the four, and Virginia, the five. I like giving the first five seeds. I think that gives a general layout of of how tough the region is. And I wanted to go another number one seed with Gonzaga, but I think if number one, Gonzaga, plays number two, Oregon, in the Elite Eight, that, that Oregon could beat Gonzaga in a battle of West Coast teams. And I have a number two seed, Oregon, getting through to the Final Four in here. 
I, I mean, it's not really that, that great of a region because the six is Creighton, who I'm down on. I would have Middle Tennessee, one of my teams in the starting five, having that upset in the first round. I'm going to go West Virginia taking out Gonzaga in, in the Sweet 16. Even though West Virginia is kind of iffy at times, they kind of struggled a little bit. They struggle a lot in their first halves, which I think could get them a lot in the tournament, which could really like bite them in the tournament because they really turn it on late at home especially. But I think Gonzaga just hasn't seen a defense like West Virginia. They haven't seen no like San Diego and Pepperdine. And you're a big depth guy, and West Virginia plays a ton of guys, and they I think they have five or six guys that average double figures too. Yeah, and I think Pretty West Virginia team. just hasn't. Gonzaga just hasn't seen West Virginia in the WCC. They don't see Pepperdine playing defense like that. So I think West Virginia, <laughs> San gonna, Diego, yeah, no, exactly. So I don't. I think they give them at least a big challenge. Just so I don't have three one seeds. Hint, hint at my last pick. I'm gonna take West Virginia out of this conference. I'm not so. I don't. Oregon may struggle with Michigan State in round two. You didn't have three one seeds anyway. You picked Purdue in the last region. I right? but I at uh, first one I had Kansas. And I have North Carolina uh, coming uh, next. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to have gotcha. West Virginia coming out of that region. I, I'm not trying to steal your picks, James, but I'm pretty much in agreement. Uh, West Virginia, I think a lot of people are he, will be hesitant after that Kansas loss. It seems like that loss did more harm than I don't think people are going to realize the fact that that was almost the second time that West Virginia beat Kansas this year. I mean, granted, they fell apart at the end, but they were like basically there, and they almost had it in the bag. Any other team would have won that. Nine times out of ten, West Virginia would have got the win. They just literally fell apart. But a win at Kansas, that's huge. And I know they didn't get it, obviously, but I think West Virginia could be a great team. Bob Huggins, Final Four experience. I like West Virginia here. All right, so Dan's going after James in every region and picking the same team that James is to go to the Final Four. So we got that, got that settled. Now let's see if he does the same thing in the South. I want your guys' pick for who's coming out of this region, and then based on who you have in the Final Four, give us your national champion as of today, Friday, February 24th. Number one seed in the South, North Carolina. The two is Baylor. The three is Butler. Four is UCLA and SMU, the five. I have North Carolina. Their height down low, their experience. They've been to the Final Four. They were in the national championship last year. Baylor's a week two. Butler's a week three. UCLA could give them some trouble in the Sweet 16. But I think they're too big for UCLA, North Carolina, the Final Four. My national champion, I'll stick with Villanova. Well, you know what? This is the first time I'm seeing this bracket, and I'll be honest with you. I think the South is the weakest uh, region. I don't know. I was not going to pick another one seed, but to me, I don't think uh, any of these teams are capable of knocking off North Carolina, especially given the fact that they have uh, finals experience from last year. So I think I'm going to take North Carolina there. That gives my final four, Kentucky, Villanova, Oregon. Was it Oregon? No, I picked West Virginia. Excuse yeah, me. West Virginia. And North Carolina. I'm going to take Kentucky to win it all. Cut the nets. Let's go, UK. All right, and I'm going to agree. I'm going to go North Carolina just because I don't see Baylor winning. I want to see Butler winning, but I just don't. Again, if they matched up with uh, North Carolina, UCLA poses a problem. If they if the shots are really falling that day, they could beat anyone in the country, as we've seen with UCLA. But I do think North Carolina experience. I agree with you guys. So I'm gonna have North Carolina coming out of it, and I'm gonna have, we're gonna have three different national champions because I'm gonna go with Kansas winning it all. Kansas, Purdue, West Virginia, and North Carolina final four. It's definitely not gonna happen, but I like having some fun with my picks. But all uh, the, yeah, all these regions are gonna change. None of the, yeah, <laughs> none of, the top none of this is gonna, gonna happen. Be, who knows? If that happens, I, that's like ten points for my starting five segment. If Purdue, but, West Virginia, Kansas, North Carolina is our final four. 
But I'm going to go with Kansas. So we have three different national champions, which is And good. Tom Scabelli's probably taking North Dakota, the 16 seed. Over Kansas, the first ever 16 seed. All the upset. way. That would be huge for us as a podcast and our growth to have our first interview be with the star of the team that's on the first 16 seed ever to win. That's right. So you I think know, we would all happen. have to root for North Dakota in that one, even though James just picked Kansas to win the national championship. It's only yeah. a matter of time before a 16 seed pulls it off. Yeah, some, this could be Coastal the year. Carolina over Virginia was the one that was the closest. Yeah, I remember. yeah, there was a couple years ago. Yeah, they're up by nine or something like that. But another student section episode in the books. Tune back next week for more North Dakota Fighting Hawks basketball talk. Tom Scabelli will be back. For now, Matt Murphy and my co-host James Decker and Dan Diorio. James's phone's going off, ruining my clothes here. But be a fan of the student section. Tune back next week on Friday.